Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Don't you love Jesus this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. It's always an honor to share the word of the Lord, and it's an even bigger honor to do it in this house, amen, because Pastor Michelle's right. We have a history, amen, and it's a long history. I was listening to her last night and talk about how poor they were, and I was poor too, but I think they were a little poorer than I was, and just just a quick story. While she was talking about it, my mind went back to when Pastor Michelle and I used to clean houses. And we would go around to apartments to get contract with them to clean their vacant apartments. And Pastor Michelle, they had a car. And it was pitiful, y'all. It was sad. And uh, so we would be going to these apartments and I would think, I was embarrassed by the car. But I need to let you know, Pastor Michelle was never embarrassed. If, if she was, she, she drove that car like it was her Lincoln. I mean, she was, she was not embarrassed. But I, we would pull into those apartment complexes, to, and I would be the one to go in and give them our paperwork and say, we would like to, to, to clean for you and, and give them our prices. And I, she would pull, start pulling into the apartments, and I would be like, please don't pull in front. Please don't pull. I would be sitting on the driver's side the whole time. I'd think, please don't pull. Don't let them see our car. Please don't. Boy, Pastor Michelle would pull that old Chrysler right up underneath and just acted like she was rich. Amen. Now look at her today. Look at her today. She's living it today. See, see, y'all didn't see that, but I did. So now when I see her, I know she's walking out the plan of God, and it just makes me so happy. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, I just pray, God, that what you have given me, God, goes into the ground and that it produces what it's meant to produce. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your mercy and your grace. And most of all, I thank you for your love and your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to Isaiah, the 57th chapter, the 18th verse this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, we have a history. <laughs> Glory to God. It says, I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. Then in verse 19, God speaking, he says, I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him who is afar off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. Amen? That's the word of the Lord. So God said in that, verse, he said, I create. And that word create means to form or to fashion, to mold like a potter. Amen. And he said, listen to what you say. He said, I create, I form, I fashion the fruit of your lips. Now, how would you get God to work in your life? In the day that we live in. Because I don't know about you. I like to be transparent with people. Because I grew up in religion. And nobody was transparent with me. Everybody made you feel like that their life was perfect and normal. And you didn't tell anything. Okay. There was secrets in your family. You kept them in your family. Well I found out unless I could talk about some stuff. I really couldn't be free if I was hiding everything that was going on with me. Amen. And, and I'm finding that today. Our lips are shut tight when they should be open 
declaring the goodness of God and the right things of God. Amen? So I asked myself this question this week. Angela, how are you going to activate the miracle power of God to work in your life? And because I felt like that God has said so many times, I've linked my creative, miraculous power into the words you speak. Amen. Into the words you speak. Say, it's the words I speak. And he said, I will create whatever you keep saying. Amen. He said, he said, I create from, uh, uh, he said, I create, I form, I fashion, I mold what you constantly and consistently pray for, declare, and praise for. We just read that in Isaiah. He says, whatever you dare to utter. Hallelujah. The word fruit means utterance. Glory to God. He said, I create utterance of your lips. In other words, he said, what you speak, if you keep speaking it, and if you hold fast to the confession, Hebrews 10.23, he said, if you'll hold fast to the confession of what you're speaking, I will cause it to create and to mold and to form the future of your life. Amen. Amen. So he says, whatever you dare to speak, I want to perform it for you. So what you speak, if you keep speaking it, it will come to pass. Amen. Because God has given man the power to speak. He's given us the power to talk, to confess. Amen. And man is God's only creation that can talk. We are. We're just like God. We're able to talk. He spoke the world into existence. Amen. And there's no other creation that can talk except for God's creation of man and, of course, women. The animals can't talk. Have you ever heard an animal talk? I know somebody will say, well, a parrot can talk. Well, they can't talk. They can repeat. Amen. They can only repeat. It cannot believe in its heart. It cannot confess with its mouth. Amen. Only man can do that. So, And when I'm talking about what we say, I'm not talking about just saying whatever you want to say. Amen. But when you find something in the scripture, hallelujah, and you believe it in your heart and you begin to speak it, no matter what you see, amen, doesn't matter what you're seeing. If you see it in the scripture and the, it's in the scripture, then you can speak it and you can have it. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe that the word of God is the greatest book that was ever written. And I believe that book over anything that I'm seeing. Amen. When I woke up this morning, I made the choice that I was not going to see anything that was negative. I was only going to see the good things that God has said he is going to do. Amen. And the word of God said in, Pro- in Romans 13, 4, said, let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. Raise your hands and give him praise this morning. Man is the creation that God has given the power to speak. Amen. God took speech away from the serpent in Genesis. Okay. When Satan came in, you all remember this, uh, and he borrowed the body of a serpent. And um, evidently, he must have could have walked back then and could talk. Amen. Because, and I'm not teaching something weird. If you look at Genesis, the third chapter, and the fourth verse, it said, the serpent said to Eve. So that means he talked. And she listened. So it was a talking serpent. Amen. And when God cursed it, he defeated it, took his legs off, and he crawled on his belly. Amen. And then he took the power to speak away from him. Amen. If a demon's going to talk, he's going to have to talk through somebody now because he don't have the power. They have no legal right to say anything except in your mind through suggestions. Amen. That's where the battle always comes. And when suggestions come, you don't have to listen to it. Amen. God took speech away from that serpent. 
And the good news is this. He has not taken speech away from us. Amen. We still have the ability. We are now a composite of everything that we've been saying. Amen. Uh, if you change your words, you'll begin to change your life. So if you don't like the way your life is going, I would say to you this morning, start talking different about your life. Amen. If you want to become something different, then you need to start confessing something different. You need to change what you've been saying. If you don't like it, then don't say it anymore. Change it. If you want to be beautiful, get up every morning, look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. If you want to be tall and skinny, try that too. But if you don't, you know, I don't know that that'll work. But the Lord said, I gave you two eyes. I've given you two ears, amen. But I only gave you one mouth. So in other words, he said, I want you to listen twice as much as you talk. And I want you to watch and see more than you talk. And, you know, I was thinking about that when I was preparing this. And I thought, I bet my husband is so glad that I only got one mouth. I know he is so thankful that God only gave me one mouth. Because I used to always say this. I'd say, Pastor Michelle is so book smart. But I'm mouth smart. In other words, in case you don't know it, this mouth has got this person in trouble more times than I care to remember. <laughs> Two mouths on this body would not have been a good thing. Amen? And those of you that are honest will say, you know it's right. It's a good thing you only got one mouth. Because words can change the atmosphere of your life. Amen? So God said in Isaiah 57, 19, I create the fruit of your lips. Then in Hebrews 13, 5, he says this. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So he said there, let us continually. Amen. So it, it's not that you just talk positive or praise positive one day because you heard a good sermon. Amen. Paul said, let us continually, let it be ongoing, let it be a way of life. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, which is the fruit of our lips. Now, that verse right there changed my life. Because when I found that verse, I learned that the fruit of my lips that God forms and fashions and molds and creates in my mouth forms my future. Amen. And the words that I praise him with, that is what he forms and fashions in my life. Oh, glory to God. See, he said, God, I praise you for the supply of all of my needs according to your riches and glory. When I begin to praise him with that, then he begins to supply my needs according to his riches and glory. God, I praise you that you're setting up resources for me for the rest of the year. God, I thank you. I thank you that I'm favored. I thank you that the corn is amazing. I thank you that my harvest is amazing. Come on, somebody. And I praise you that the good work that you begun in me when I accepted you as my Lord and Savior, you will be faithful to complete it. You know what? I may be going through a rough time, but my mouth don't have to declare that it's rough. All my mouth has to do is lift my hands and begin to offer up the sacrifice of praise because God said in his word he would perfect that which concerns me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's how we should be living. Look at your neighbor and say, you ought to be living like that. See, you don't just sit back and let life hit you. And life will hit you. And it'll hit you. And it'll hit you. And it'll run you over. But you cannot sit there with lockjaw. Amen. You cannot be quiet. 
There's a time to be quiet, but there's a time to let it rip, tater chip. There's a time to open up your mouth and say, I said not today. I said not tomorrow. I said not next year. I said, no, you will not do this to me because God said, I create, I form, I fashion the fruit of your lips. And it's up to us for us to put in our mouth what we want formed, fashioned, and created because when we begin to do that, God will begin to do things for us because he told us in Hebrews, the fruit of your lips is the continual praise you offer to God. In other words, it's life or death what you speak. Because Proverbs 18 said death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. And you will eat its fruit. Talking about a lot of fruit today. We'll eat the fruit of our lips. That's something to get a hold of. Hallelujah. I know we've heard it and we've heard it and we've heard it. But we don't practice it and practice it and practice it. Amen. You all know Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, spoke to the mountain. And he said, talk to the mountain. He said, for assuredly I say unto you that whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He said, say to the mountain. He said, talk to the mountain. Do you know that your mountain knows your voice? If I've got a mountain facing me, I don't go to my husband and say, please talk to my mountain. Would you please talk to this mountain? This mountain is just in my way. It, it won't move out of my way. Will you please come and talk to the mountain? That mountain is not going to listen to his voice. He doesn't have the authority to talk to my mountain. I have the authority to talk to my mountain. You talk to the mountain. Whoever shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Glory to God. But believe that the things that he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now the word just said things that he saith. You know, sometimes we have to stop and we have to ask ourselves, what are we saying about our kids? What are we saying about our marriage? What are we saying about the economy? Are, are we going along with the news? Or are we saying what God says? Amen? Hallelujah. What are we saying about things? Are we speaking to the mountain? Are we saying the word of God to the mountains and are we believing it in our heart that what we said will come to pass you know sometimes songs get on my nerves I just the songs that they sing in churches sometimes just get on my last nerve they're so doubtful and so defeated and and sometimes you just don't even know if you're in the nightclub or you're in the church because you're not sure which one it is and I'm not supposed to meddle but I want you to know today that we serve a miracle mountain moving God and you either believe it or you don't he can move the mountain of cancer he can move the mountain of COVID he can move the mountain of disaster come on somebody he can move the mountain of addiction God can do all of that but you got to open up your mouth and you got to begin to give God words to use because he is a word God and he works with words hallelujah Glory to God. Psalms 81.10 said, open your mouth and I'll feel it. Then Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. Why don't you say it right now? Let the weak say, I am strong. Say it again. Say it again. See, what you don't realize is you're throwing seeds out there right now. You're throwing them out there. The enemy says you're going through hell and you're saying, oh, no, I am strong. Come on. I'm strong in faith, Romans 4.20. Giving glory to God. I'm strong in faith. I'm not quitting. Why? Because I'm strong. I'm not stopping. Why? Because I'm strong. I am strong in faith. I'm not going backwards. Why? Because I'm strong. When you start saying that, you are are declaring strength into your future when the enemy comes and says tomorrow 
you're going to be in trouble. You say, no, oh, 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 no, 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 no. I've already been putting seed in the ground today. I've been putting the word in the ground that says I'm strong. I've been putting word in the ground that says I can't go under for going over because I'm strong. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm strong. I, I'm strong in faith. I can't lose because I'm strong. I can't get sick like that because I'm strong. I cannot be defeated because I'm strong. Uh, come on, look at your sister and say, sister, are you strong? And it don't matter what you're feeling or what you're sensing. doesn't have anything to do with it. My emotions may be screaming at me. And if we're real, sometimes they're screaming at us. But we have to open our mouth and say, I believe the report of the Lord. I wonder whose report you're believing this morning. Are you believing the report of the Lord? Or are you repeating, believing your report? Sometimes you just got to get over into the anointing. And, and if people don't feel it around you, just lay your hands on yourself and just say, I feel the anointing. I feel it in here. I feel it on me. And I'm anointed to be strong. I'm anointed to speak the word of God. I'm anointed to prosper. I'm anointed to be healed. Why? Because I'm strong. Oh, why don't you just raise your hands and just put some strength in your voice. Just begin to declare some things right now in Jesus' name. Just put the fruit of your lips out there and begin to declare some things that you need from God. Just praise Him for victory. Just praise Him for victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's thank Him for victory. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to stand in the mirror and you got to say, Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Hallelujah. I got the victory. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming love. He loved me and he knew me, but he still gave me victory. Hallelujah. Strong in faith. When you understand the power of your words, hallelujah, when you understand the power of fasting, faithlessness, and negative words, it'll begin to change your life. So I want to give you three quick examples before we go today who, of people who got miracles because of what they said. Some of them you may think, well, we heard that in Sunday school. I know, but we need to hear it again and again and again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. First example is the woman with the issue of blood. Remember how sick she was. She spent all of her money trying to get better. But they couldn't help her. Amen. But then she said within herself, so she had to say something. If I could but touch him or touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Amen. The miracle didn't start in her life till she started saying it. When she said it, God said, that is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for her to say it. Because when she said it, he began to form it. He began to fashion it. And he said, I will create it. I'll even stop Jesus because she said it. He's in a crowd. Everybody's around him. But because she kept saying it, she got the attention of God. And he stopped Jesus. He said, who touched me? Hundreds of people walking around him. But one said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. She was strong in faith. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Then you got David and Goliath. Second example. Many times we'll just read right over that story. And we don't see the amazing lesson there is there about Goliath. But the Bible said that for 40 days and for 40 nights... That the first thing in the morning, Goliath would put on his armor and he would walk out into the battlefield and talk trash. First thing in the morning. He humiliated the Hebrew God. He humiliated the Hebrew people talking trash. 
He wanted that to be the first thing they heard every morning. First thing they heard in their tents when they were rolling over was trash talk. Amen? Negative words, curses. The defilement of their God consistently out of Goliath's mouth every morning. Then the Bible said, as the sun would begin to set, Goliath would put back on his armor, he'd go back on the battlefield and start talking trash again. See, the enemy is smart. He said, the first thought, I'm going to get in them will be negative. When they wake up, I'm going to have them thinking negative. Then before they go to sleep, I'm going to have them thinking negative. So they'll toss and turn all night. I'm going to make them hear day and night thoughts of failure, thoughts of loss, thoughts of negativity. Amen? But David showed up. And David is a worshiper. I got any worshipers in this house? Ephesians talks about speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So when you're praiser, and the one thing I've learned about worship is when God has done something for you that nobody else could do for you, there is something down on the inside of you, mm, yeah, that makes you want to worship. And see, David was uh, neglected and looked over and passed by so many times that the only thing he could do was go out in the field and just begin to worship God. And there's something about a worshiper that's been passed by and knows that the only reason why that they're standing where they're standing today is because God reached down and snatched them out of the life that they were in, turned them around and set them on solid ground. And David was one of those. And he walked into that battlefield with some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and he heard that giant, and it came to his mind, wait a minute, I found out that when I worship God, oh, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, oh, Lord. Something begins to happen when I begin to worship him, to take place and David shows up because you better not mess with a worshiper you better not mess with somebody that God snatched out of hell that God snatched out of defeat you better not and he shows up and morning and night Goliath is coming out on the battlefield and taunting the people of God and David said hold up I can't handle this anymore he said, I've had about enough, and he started cussing. He said, that uncircumcised Philistine. So I've had enough of it. And he asked an important question. He said, who is he? Who is he? See, because David knew something. Let me teach you something. <laughs> he said, who's the uncircumcised? Philistine, because David knew something about circumcision. Can I teach you about the mark of the covenant for just a minute? God told Abraham, he said, circumcise all the male children on the eighth day of their life, signifying that I have a covenant with them that I fight their battles. Oh, glory to God. Signifying that I'm their provider signifying that I'm their source. Come on. What David was really saying when he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He was saying, when I was only eight days old, I received the mark of the covenant. And I want you to know right now today, I have more power than the guy talking trash. He said, I'm going to see a victory I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. 
He said, I have more power than him. Oh, come on. He said, because all of heaven's angels stand behind me. Because the covenant of blood and the mark of the covenant is on my life. Then he opens his mouth and he starts saying, and the same God who helped me kill a bear and a lion. Did you notice his confession? (laughs) He said, he will deliver you into my hands. And he ran out and defeated Goliath, but not without the power of words. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, what's your confessing today? What's your confessing? Last example. The Syrophoenician woman. Meaning she was a Gentile, amen? She had no right to the blessing. And Jesus even told her so. But she said, please, Master, my daughter is demon-possessed. And and in case you don't know that, let me just take a rabbit trail. Uh, Satan is after our kids. He's after our young people. He wants to get a hold of them with demonic activity and demonic oppression and depression and suicidal thoughts. You know what I'm talking about? Addiction and eating disorders. He's after our children. And all these things are targeting the children of today. And this woman said, I cannot get my daughter free. No matter how hard I try, I cannot get her free. She is grievously vexed with an unclean spirit. And Jesus told her, he said, it's not right for me to give children's bread to the dogs. And she said, Every, and she said I know, Master. I know that, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus made a phenomenal statement. He said, great is this woman's faith. He said, her faith is great because of this saying. There we go again. Something said. He said, go your way, woman. The daughter that has about driven you to your wits end made you cray cray. Come on. Come on. That has made you think, oh God, what am I going to do with this girl? Will she ever get free? Will she ever get saved? Will she ever get straight? Will she ever get on the straight path? Will it ever happen? He said, you go your way because of your saying and your daughter will be whole. The demon will be gone out of your daughter. I've broken the demonic possession and oppression and attack over your house. And I want to tell you that you have the power and the authority to walk into them babies' bedrooms and begin to declare and plead the blood of Jesus and devils have to go. They have to go. Oh, somebody needs to agree with me on that right now. Hallelujah. We're not victims. Do you hear me? Would you just praise him with me? We are not victims. Sometimes you just have to pull out an old Pentecostal thing trait and just go march around that house seven times and just tell the devil, I got the victory. You're leaving the premises. Yeah, you just have to tell him you can't stay. Sometimes when you go home today, you might just need to step out of your car and open your mouth and to begin to declare the delivering power of God around your house. Don't worry about the neighbors, amen. Just begin to declare this is a house of blessing. This is a house that has the blood on the doorpost. This is a house that is anointed. Just begin to declare it because God's presence lives in the house. About five years ago, one of our daughters decided to get stupid. She lost her mind. And um, she just graduated from high school. And she was, I, I mean, I, I think Pastor Joanne agreed with me. She was pretty much a perfect child. I mean, she really was. She was, she was perfect. She never gave us an ounce of trouble. Uh, was given scholarships to play basketball. Just had her whole life ahead of her. But... You know, I, I, I don't know what happens when they turn 18. This is crazy. 
And uh, so I was ministering out of town and came home and she was gone and had left us a note and took everything she owned, everything I owned. <laughs> my car, my clothes, my bedspread, my stuff. And she didn't leave the note to me. She left it to her dad and uh, said, because uh, remember what I told you about my mouth. So she left it to her dad, and she was telling all this, and I just, I just need some space, and I just need some time, and, I, and I'm okay, and I'm in a safe place, and, and don't worry about me, and I just, and I said, no, Sue didn't. She's got my car, and I'm throwing a fit. But after my fit, reality hit me. I mean, my baby's gone. And we didn't know where she was. This is the same baby who broke her arm in three places. Went to the doctor. They took x-rays and they said, well, it's the weekend. We don't want to do anything to this arm. She needs to see a specialist on Monday. So we're just going to put a little wrap on it. Don't use it. Keep it elevated until Monday. Then you go see this specialist. We go outside. She looks at her dad and she says, I'm not going to see a specialist. God's going to heal my arm. This baby. That one. It's gone. And so, uh, and God did heal her arm. I mean, he healed her arm. It was broken three places. They said surgery. She begged her dad not to make her do it. And within one week, she was swimming with her brother in a pool and went to get out of the pool. And when she forgot about her arm, used her arm, Michael said it cracked like five or six times. We took her back for x-rays. There was no sign that that arm had ever been broken. That baby. That one that could believe God to heal her broken arm, was gone. So I had to preach like that week. I was preaching everywhere that week. And, and we were fasting and we were praying and we didn't know where she was. And devastation had came over me because and I was losing it for a minute. And the Lord took me to the Syrophoenician woman and he said, everywhere you go this week, preach on her. I'm like, God, what is wrong with you? You want me to get up in front of people and preach a word that I'm living. He said, yeah, that would be the idea. Go preach a word that you're living. We preached that whole week everywhere we preached. I preached the same message, prayed for mothers who would come up with tears running down their eyes. I had not eaten in like 10 days. I felt like I was going to pass out every time I got done preaching. But I preached that word, that God was going to set your children free, that he had already done it. Because all you have to do is say, he'll bring my children from their borders. My children will grow up as olive branches around my table. Great will be the peace of my children. We uttered that every day. We declared that every day. We talked to God about it every day. So the last place that I I had preached when we finished that night God had moved powerfully and the Lord spoke to me and he said stop fasting and start rejoicing stop your fasting and start rejoicing nothing had changed we had heard nothing we couldn't find her she was hiding her car it was a hot mess and we were fasting and God said stop and start rejoicing that was the hardest thing I ever did to get in my car that night and say, please take me to Taco Bell. I want a Mexican pizza. <laughs> my husband said, you're fasting. I said, no, God said, stop fasting and rejoice. So Don Chilitos is closed, so take me to Taco Bell. <laughs> so we went to Taco Bell. We started eating that pizza, and I said, God, I thank you. I am rejoicing right now that this is over. That she's home, that I know where she's at, that she will serve the Lord. I'm going to let the fruit of my lips utter a praise that she is safe, that she's whole, that there's nothing missing, nothing broken. We went three more days like that. I was eating everything I could find because God said, stop fasting and start rejoicing. And we would eat and we would rejoice. And we would eat and we would rejoice. I'll never forget it. Went to church, preached again. You know, sometimes you do, when you get in a place like that, you'll just preach your guts out. And went home and the phone rang. Not my phone. The dad's phone. 
And the whole time he's telling me, Angela Jean, you better be quiet. Because I was grateful for what God was doing. But boy, I wanted her to have a piece of me. But anyway, she called her dad. Weeping and crying. And within one hour she was home. Never left again. Until she got married. See. God will do it. What are you saying? What are you saying? Why don't you take another praise break? For what he's going to do for you. Lift up a roar of praise right now. It's the fruit of your lips. Hallelujah. If you don't praise him for nothing, he can't form nothing. So just praise him. It's the fruit of your lips that forms your future. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Hallelujah. Just praise him for what he's doing this morning. Hallelujah. And the spirit of the Lord would say to you right now in the name of Jesus, that stand-up praise that you just gave is your miracle. And God said, I am going into the places that seem the most impossible, and I am getting ready to perform what they said could not be done. And yea, the praise that came out of you in the sanctuary is the very praise that will bring forth the deliverance and the miracle that you have been asking me for says God do not stop do not get weary but praise me every day and watch me work watch me perform watch me mold watch me make it into the vessel that you desire says God come on and give me praise all over this house. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's a good, good God. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and the Lord would say to you, don't weep about it another day. Don't cry about it another day. I've already bottled enough tears, says the Lord, and now I'm getting ready to turn those tears into joy, and yeah, for every tear that you've cried, there will be a significant amount of joy that the Lord is getting ready to pour upon you, and there is a future and a great expected end for every tear that you've cried. God said, I've multiplied it, and watch and see how I work it out for you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. And you got to say, I'm going to praise you from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. The name of the Lord. son that died and the Bible said she's going to go see the prophet and she did said saddle the camels baby saddle the donkey whatever they saddled 
When she got to Gehazi, he asked her three questions. He said, and I want you to notice her statement. He said, is it well with your husband? Pastor Michelle said it last night. She said, it is well. Everything's good. Now, if it would have been us, we'd have said, well, he's still lazy. He's all get out. And he, he, you know, he's still, he was laying on the couch when I left. She didn't say that. She didn't say he's a workaholic. He's in the fields. Every, no, she said it's well. It's good. He's in good condition. He's feeling good. Say that. Say it's well. It's well. Then he asked, uh, is it well with your child? That was the place for her to fall apart. First of all, you give me this son that I didn't even ask for. Now he's dead. He's not breathing. There's no life. She didn't say that either. She was not me. She said, it is well. Look at somebody and say, it is well. It is well. See, something happens when you begin to declare what is not. What we're supposed to do when we're going through loss is not talk about the loss. We're supposed to say, it is well. It is well. Tears may be streaming down your face. And I might tell you that when that was going on with our daughter, only two people knew. We told nobody. Because when you tell people, they do this. And then they're releasing all their stuff into the atmosphere. And we knew that we were in a situation that nothing could be released but faith. We knew that. So sometimes tears might be streaming down your face, but you still got to look up with a spirit of faith and say, it is well. You got to be able to say, nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It is well. Whatever comes, whatever comes against me, I'm not worried because it is well. I'm not worried about the Antichrist because it's well. I'm not worried about 666 because it is well. I'm not worried about Washington, D.C. because it is well. I'm not worried about nothing because it is well. Then you got to let the devil know, besides all that devil, you must have forgot that when the trumpet sounds, I'm out of here anywhere. I'm not going to be around anyway. When the trumpet sounds, I'm gone. It'll be like a magnet. Have you ever had a magnet? And if you put something up against the magnet with the same ingredient that's in the magnet, it takes it up. And when he comes back, I'm out of here anyway. So I might as well declare that it is well unto the glory of God, hallelujah, because one of these days, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I don't know where this is coming from, but the same spirit, if that same spirit got in you, hallelujah, there's going to be a blast of a trumpet, praise God, and you know who's going up, we're going up, it's going to be those who have Christ in us, the hope of glory, it is well. I heard a minister relay a story the other day that blessed me. And he said that the, he went to a particular church and they were showing the underground church in China. And uh, all of the people in the church were sitting in the chairs with their, on their hands. So they were sitting in a chair, sitting on their hands. And they were just rocking back and forth. And they asked him, they said, when you look at that, what do you see? And he said, well, the first thing that came to my mind was the rabbis in Israel at the temple. They kind of rocked back and forth like that. And he said, I, I mentioned that. And said, he said, that's not it. Look again. And he realized that he had noticed that they were sitting on their hands. So he said, why are they sitting on their hands like that? And he said, well, if they're caught raising their hands and they were muttering that you couldn't hear them. He said, if anyone came in and they were caught raising their hands or 
muttering out loud. They would be flogged, beaten, arrested, killed. So therefore, that's their worship. So they will come in the service and the presence of God will be so strong that they will sit on their hands to keep from raising them. And they will rock back and forth as worship. This particular pastor had just suffered great loss and was kind of feeling sorry for himself. And this pastor from China, he said, when you leave here tonight, you need to raise your hands and begin to thank God. Not because you have to, but because you can. Because you can. So what am I saying to you? You need to offer up the sacrifice of praise continually from your lips because you can. You need to declare the word of the Lord continually in your life because you can. You need to bring forth his goodness out of your mouth, the word of God out of your mouth continually on a daily basis because you can. Not because you have to, but because you can. I can speak the word of God in season and out of season because I can. I can believe for my healing because I can. I can believe God that I'm going to prosper and be in health because I can. I can believe that my children are coming from afar because I can. I can believe that I am going over all the way to the other side of my battle because I can. you praise him because you can just praise him because you can hallelujah glory to God glory to God so father right now in the name of Jesus I release the power of God into this house to everyone that's here that they would be able to take control over their words and that they would utter the fruit of praise out of their lips that they would create their future by their praise father i pray right now god that they would create their healing by the words that they speak and that they believe father i pray right now in the name of jesus that everything that they've asked you for right now in Jesus' name, God, do it for her. Right now in the name of Jesus, everything that she desires, do it for her. Right now in the name of Jesus, everything that they desire, everything that they need, God, do it for them. Healing in their bodies, God. Strengthening in their bodies, in their homes, in their life, God. Everything that's needed, God, do it right now in the name of Jesus. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We thank you. We praise you today, God, that you're a good God. We thank you, God, that you never fail us, that you're a very present help in the time of trouble. God, I thank you that there is nothing too hard for you to do. I thank you, Lord God, that even right now that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going through this place, God, and they think they can, and they know they can, and they're going to do it because they can. Hallelujah. No weapon that's formed shall prosper. Thank you, Jesus.